This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are working our way through Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker. I have found this personally beneficial. I know all of the guys around the table own the book. I guess I don't know if you all have read the book. I don't know this to be. Yeah, I've, I've, I've it's actually, been a while. I've actually replaced this copy in my library with the successive revised and updated because I've had it for a good while. I once, I once actually was in a car with the author. Oh, really? Uh, yes, and had well, a conversation toward an airport. We were at the same event. So let me get this straight. This comes out on day eight that we've been working our way through this book? Yeah, yeah you know, I, I'm not, you didn't a, want to I'm not drop a name anybody, dropper. You know, that, like, you know, so. <laughs> pat himself on the back. Yeah, they're, they're great friends. I think I first <laughs> read this book maybe 20 years ago, something mm. like that. And then I just – the most recently, I've, I went through the student edition. So if you have teens, I would highly recommend that. It's just The Peacemaker, and it's called Student Edition. Um, They've even written a book. He's written one together with his pastor, Alfred Poyer, on a peacemaking church, you know, and dealing mm-hmm. with conflict in, in a church. I mean, somebody gets upset about the color of the carpet or, you know, the fact that you didn't sing their favorite hymn or I don't know what. But, I mean, a lot of a lot of things, a lot of good there, and I jest, but a lot of good in that. Mm-hmm. And the framework of the book is these four Gs. First, glorifying God. Second, get the log out of your eye. And that's where we're at right now, and we're specifically looking at – examining our role in conflicts because at the end of the day conflicts are going to happen and in some conflicts you bear a greater or lesser amount of the share of the responsibility for the conflict well when you say get the log out of your own eye uh, there's a metaphor there that needs to be explained yep. and jesus is talking uh about the fact that we oftentimes want to go and get uh, the speck out of somebody else's eye when mm-hmm. we actually bear a log in our own eye. We, you know, we're, we, we see something in their character or in, in their life that we want to correct. We, we're great at wanting to correct somebody else. We're less um, likely to lo- uh, turn and look inward or look at our own self. And so this is the idea of get at, get the log out of your own eye before you actually try to fix somebody else. Begin with yourself. Mm-hmm. I know that probably some of this comes with personality. So I have five kids, and mm. over the course of their life in school, they got in trouble at school. And in those moments, I had more of the conf- or the, the tendency to think Think about the role of, of the teacher or administrator or the, somebody else involved. And my wife always took the side of the administration or the teacher or whatever and, and basically was like, what did you do? Mm. And so I do think that we all have tendencies that 
go one way or another, that some of us are more introspective and in every conflict we think we're the problem and there are those of us that go the other way that we end up in a conflict and we think the other person's always the problem. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just helpful to get all of us to pump the brakes a little bit and say, okay, let's step back and analyze, well, what role may have I played in in this difficulty or, or issue? And the one we looked at yesterday is, did we, in this conflict, use our tongue as a weapon? And then today we're going to just continue through the rest of this list of steps of, of things that we need to look at um, and examine in, in a conflict. And the second is, in this, did I in some way seek to control others? Do you guys want to develop that at all? Yeah, I think that, that can be even helpful to think about the root of the conflict. It, like, is the conflict rooted in my sense of wanting to impose my will, my desires, my uh, myself upon the other person? And maybe that's all this is. So we talk about like a value-driven conflict, you know, um, especially if it's something that's in the open hand or something that is not, there's no essential moral conflict involved. It's just a matter of preference you know, vanilla or chocolate, and we're only serving vanilla ice cream in my household, so don't mm-hmm. you dare bring that chocolate in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll come with Rocky Road. My man, ugh. <laughs> and pray for you. Really, in this, it, it can be, if you, some of us just have stronger personalities than yeah. others. Yeah. And if you're mm-hmm. interacting with somebody that doesn't have the same strength of personality, you can impose your will on the other person even without really knowing or trying. It kind of goes back to the two ditches that we talked yep. about as far as yeah. response to conflict, where the one who escapes is more likely to be manipulated and the one who attacks is more likely to do the manipulation. I know that my wife has said to people that I work with, it's okay to tell him no. He doesn't mean to, he has a strong, he has strong opinions and, and a strong personality, but he's okay with being told no. You just have to say it, mm-hmm. and he's not afraid of a strong opinion back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have those tendencies, just know that you can be manipulating, um, unduly persuading people, controlling people, even if you're not really intending to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And in the end, that's conflict because yep. they because they are that that feeling of being controlled or being forced to do something. They may be stuffing that feeling for a while, but it, it eventually is going to have to come out. And it might, it, might, it might not even come out against you. It might even have come out in another setting that now you have to go and deal with. Mm-hmm. The next one is breaking your word. How does this contribute to conflicts, especially your role in those conflicts? Well, I think it, it, you know, it's a question you can ask yourself. If I made promises or commitments that I have now not met, Mm-hmm. Um, this was a big one for us, especially our middle daughters getting into that middle school age. And so that frontal lobe is just firing off and she has an eye for detail. And so she will know whether I said we can go to the gas station today and get a snack or on Friday. And if I don't make that day and make that appointment, she's going to hold me to account. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. I get frustrated with her attitude, but I really need to step back and say, no, no, I made a promise and I've, I've not met that. She has a mm-hmm. right to be frustrated with me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, we can easily try to excuse ourselves from mm-hmm. missing a different appointment. Something else came up. And there may be legitimate oh. reasons why we would miss something. But in those times, you know, you need to explain to those that you made an appointment with. Yeah. You know, and 
even apologize, say, I'm sorry, I, I, missed, I missed this. And it's really hard to do as parents with kids. We get busy. We may have said something like, hey, we'll go to the gas station, get snacks. And business of our life just invades and we forget. Um, and so, it, but it's important as Jesus answered this question, we're to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Yep. Mm-hmm. And those are binding. And I don't think our, our family should always be the default people that we we break our vows with. Right. No. And it it tends to be that we allow work and other relationships to take precedence over these what we would say are quote unquote insignificant things, promises that right. we've made to our kids. But they aren't insignificant to our children. And so we have to be careful. Yep. Uh, about being too quick to make a promise that we can't follow up with. Yeah. And we have to be careful that we're not too quick to assume that it will they'll just be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we do have to have this sense that our word does mean something. But as you know, we are with our families day after day, and they're the ones that are most likely the recipients of, mm-hmm. uh, of this, even small things, you know, like what what movie we might watch as a family, you know what 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 game we'll play or or what night we're going to play games or something like that. I mean, we need to be sure to keep mm-hmm. what we have told our kids is going to happen. Yeah, there's such a level of integrity that that is involved in this, and there, there's such a cultural FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. So the better you know, the better opportunity comes along, and you break an appointment or break a meeting because mm-hmm. there's this better thing. And we have a difficult job examining ourselves and saying no to the better thing because we've we've already committed to something else mm-hmm. that's less appealing. The next category is failing to respect um, authority, and that can take lots of different places: authority in the church, government, family, workplace. What's the the difficulty? What's the danger in failing to respect authority? Well, if we believe that, as Christ said in Matthew 28, that all authority is his, and then that he then delegates that authority, as you mentioned, to the different levels, if we just climb that ladder a little bit, when we disrespect the authority that God has instilled over us, ultimately, it's a, it's a disrespect to him. Mm-hmm. And we read that in, um, you know, the as Moses and Aaron are, you know, leading the people, and the people reject Moses' authority. You know, God tells Moses that it's not you they're rejecting, it's me. Two helpful passages on this is Romans 13 and yep. 1 Peter 2, mm-hmm. um, both about submitting to authority. Naturally, everything yep. has a disclaimer. We do not submit to authority when that authority is violating the moral law of God. Right. So this is the, the criteria that the, uh, the apostles taught us in the book of Acts, that I'm going to obey God and not you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's a choice between if you obey this secular authority or this other authority, not even secular, but this authority, and that causes you to disobey God, then you naturally have to obey God and disobey the other authority. But the general rule of thumb is you should respect and submit to the authorities that are in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's where the conflict comes is when – in that self-examination, have I, have I disrespect? You're asking yourself, have I disrespected somebody ha- who has a right to tell me what I should be doing in this particular instance, in my workplace, in my, in, you know, in the in the church, in your relationship to parents and and family members? Uh, do I have the right to reject that authority? 
So I was a teacher um, before I became a pastor, and I worked for an, an individual, and that we um, disagreed on some educational um, practice. And I disagreed so strongly because I, I thought what he was telling us to do as teachers was actually harmful for the kid. And I said to my, my principal, I, I don't want to do things behind your back. I am not actually going to follow the directive that you've given for how we are supposed to teach within the room because I feel like what you're telling is actually harmful for the kids and it goes against my conscience. So I am not going to follow what you've said and I understand that if that puts um, my job in jeopardy, that's okay. Um, but I just want you to know that I can't in good conscience do what you've, you've asked me to do. And thankfully I didn't lose my job. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I... Th- I felt like that was a moment where I could disobey him, but hopefully do it respectfully, yeah. um, not secretively, but just I didn't de- openly defy him. Like I wasn't saying to the kids in my room, I'm not doing what the school says because the school is blah, 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 blah. I just didn't do what they were asking. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I, I still think I was right in the, in the moment, and I think I, I hopefully did it respectfully, but you can get in a moment where you do have to mm-hmm. respectfully disagree, and sometimes you have to you have to really for, <coughs> go deep and understand what their purposes are. You know, sometimes you might just be talking past each other, mm-hmm. and so in this respect of authority, you need to you under, you have to understand their purposes and goal as well as what you believe, so that you can reiterate to them. I believe this is what you're doing. Is this correct? And, mm-hmm. and so you're you're coming to an understanding. So this matter of respecting authority is not something that you're just doing internally, but you're doing with in conjunction with the other person. Well, that's the end of our time for today. We will see you next time.